Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop post-game reaction show, and we are here to talk about that game that transpired yesterday evening as the Auburn Tigers lost to Ole Miss. What I'm going to say, 28 to 14, because of a garbage time touchdown, but this box score does say 28-21, and a very, very ugly, god awful, hideous offensive performance from from the entire offense, but I'm mostly going to put the blame on the coaches in this one because that play calling was god-awful. But I'm here joining today with Mr. Harrison Tarr and Daniel Locke. Tarr, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm good. Just got home just a little bit a while ago, or a little while ago um, from the Plains. Laid down, took me a little siesta. Um, great trip to Auburn. As always, great to see the Auburn family. Great to see my Auburn family. Great to spend time with Daniel Locke, staying in his home full abode. And um, just so we could remember what it felt like uh, to pass the ball, we played a little pickup football last night, and uh, you know, there's no running the ball in pickup football, so just slung the rock around. It was it was nice to to remember that uh, that that this plus plausible to throw a football in any football game ever. But I had a good weekend, so I'm glad to be back. Um, we'll talk about Auburn ball first, but Daniel, how are you? Uh, Tar, I'm doing great. Dylan, good to see you. Uh, miss you this weekend. Looking forward to seeing you next weekend. Um, really? I had a great time hanging with everyone. Um, just a real, real good time. Always is. For those of you who uh, tuned into our Instagram stories yesterday to see um, me kind of take you behind the scenes covering an Auburn game, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I had fun doing it. Would definitely be uh, down to do it again at some point. Um, and, you know, I didn't have to watch a Saints game today. Thank God. Got that disappointment out of the way. Um, on Thursday? On Thursday night. So I took that time today to read uh, Captain Underpants Me Attack the Talking <laughs> Soil. It's a, a classic. Yeah. A classic of sorts. It, it so, um, I thoroughly classic. enjoyed uh, getting to you know take that in today. That's right, um, Dylan. I know we're going to start with some uh, with the positives here in just a second, but before we do so, I want to say hey, to everybody hanging out on the stream. Thank you guys for so much for hanging out. Teresa, James, Prince Major. That's uh, right. I don't. I'm not sure if uh, is Prince been in this. Uh, in the, in the yeah, he, he he joined. He he was a part of the last, last week's stream. And Teresa, meet right. meet. Yeah, Hallelujah. Right. there you go. How are you guys, yeah, our usual suspects, hanging out here with us on the College Loop? Make sure you go ahead and throw your game thoughts in there. Um, go ahead and this – is, this is a large sounding board for a lot of Auburn angry uh, angry Auburn fans. Like we, are, we are the message board podcast. So that's completely fine. <laughs> so I'm um, glad to have everybody here hanging out here on the College Loop podcast. Make sure you share with your friends, and we'll uh, try to get this live as big as we can. We're going to start with the positives, which probably won't take very long. And then we're going to break down um, a lot of things here and kind of get everybody's take on what exactly went wrong yesterday. 
uh, because it wasn't everything. But there are a lot of things that (laughs) Auburn fans are justifiably PO'd about. So if you're hanging out with us here in the live chat, make sure you go ahead and throw those in there. I see Teresa's already going in and go ahead and listing her grievances. Teresa, keep going. Sounding board here. This is this is a safe place, everybody. Just, just know that. So make sure you sound off, and we'll make sure we uh, we get to y'all's comments and questions here in just a little bit. We're going to open up first uh, with the positives. And I'll go ahead and open up to the beginning here, um, the, the layup answer. Folks, I know that Ole Miss scored 28. Auburn's defense played really, really good football. And I'm, I'm going to let you guys run from there. Dylan, you want crowd first was great. What'd you say, Daniel? Crowd was great. Um, <laughs> a lot of false starts um, forced on Ole Miss, and Ole Miss just was definitely not the more disciplined team. Um, Ten penalties to Auburn, seven. I mean, seven still a lot, um, a lot. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to find positives outside of the defense holding one of the best offenses in the SEC to 28 points. Um, probably one of the tougher offenses you'll face this year. Um, Enforcing Jackson Dart to throw a pick. They did. They did. That was good. That was good coverage, by the way. And, and their holder. Their holder threw a pick, too. The holder did throw a pick. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that either. Yeah. Um, those are two things that did happen. But honestly, I, I feel like one kind of positive, not just from this game, but from the last three weeks, even though um, they've all been lost games, is that Auburn has played arguably three of the toughest teams they'll take on this year. Um, it gets easier from here for a while. Obviously, you play Alabama on November 25th, but they're beatable. I, I still think, even at this point, Auburn's three and four, I still think that can be a game. Um in fact, my prediction for now, I think Auburn's going to um, be – I think they're going to win out going into that game. I think you beat – or excuse me, I think you beat Mississippi State. I think you beat um, Vandy. I think you beat Arkansas because Arkansas is just not looking good. And they just I fired mean, the – Do what? They just fired uh, Dan Enos uh, about a couple hours ago. Oh, you see, that's news to me. I didn't see that. I couldn't um, imagine why. <laughs> hey, I said on the war report earlier today that Arkansas and Auburn are like the same exact team. Well, Hugh Freeze, you have a perfect opportunity to do exactly what Arkansas did today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think by the Iron Bowl, Hugh Freeze is going to be calling the plays. That's another prediction I'm going to go with. But I think Auburn doesn't lose again until the Iron Bowl. And I'm not saying they lose the Iron Bowl. That's up in the air. Um, but – and Hugh Freeze will be calling the plays in that game. Yeah, and then well, – Go ahead, Dylan. I'll say, taking, taking the positives, I mean, even, even the defense had times where it just looks – DJ James played his worst game. DJ James played straight up bad football. Exactly. Like he we This was the one game where I looked at him and I was like, dude, you were pro- trying to play yourself out of a first-round pick. Yeah, pick. Yeah. It, that was, it was that bad. I mean, he looked silly at times, and this defense had found ways to make holes for, run, for the run game for Ole Miss. But just to stick with the positives first before we start getting – uh, too negative about everything. I mean, the defense found a way to shut down Ole Miss's offense after after they scored 14 points, and then they made made key stops. They got the ball back, uh, and they tried their best to set this offense up. But I mean, once we get to the negatives, we're going to get into the offense. Uh, but overall, the defense played well. I mean, we saw a another standout game for Marcus Harris. We saw a we saw the return of Keontae Scott supremacy. 
And Jalen McLeod uh, stepped up in a big way as well. I mean, we saw – and Jason Jones was getting pressure on the quarterback. Something – like the defense was starting to do things that we have been asking them to do the entire year. And as, that was as great. As they continue to be a bright spot. Exactly. And it shocks me. We are – we just watched the line the, – this offseason, we were so negative on this linebacker room. And I believe we had a pretty substantial like reasoning for why we should. This linebacker room has turned into probably one of the brighter position groups on this entire team, and that's that's going up past the O line. The I would argue the running backs at times. I mean, the linebacker room. Austin Keys returning was huge. He dude was all over the place. Absolutely. Eugene Asante. He had a little bit of a rough game in coverage, but I still think Eugene Asante did what Eugene Asante does best, which is make plays. Larry Nixon stepped up after a poor performance against LSU. And all I got to say is uh, don't let Cam Riley play football. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, And I kind of echo a lot what you're saying here. And, and what Daniel mentioned a minute ago, I think Daniel, he said a minute ago, it's, it's kind of tough to see the bright spots in a game that kind of fell this way. Um, I'm kind of with you because the defense I think deserves a ton of praise and, I'm going to throw one comment up super, super quickly. And guys, if I know this comment's super recent, so I don't want you guys to like feel like I'm, we're going to skip over the other ones. But yeah, James we have Barnett, eight other ones starred. Yeah, don't worry, we have we have a bunch. We're gonna we're gonna talk about. But James Barnett said, "Fellows, could some of the defensive guys playing bad have anything to do with the poor play on the offense of the offense?" On your in your your opinion, excuse me, that was tough for me to get out there, James. Thank you for the question. Thank you for always contributing. By the way, folks, Auburn's defense. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game. It wasn't. They were pretty damn lights out. And you cannot continue to give the ball to a Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dart-led offense and expect to hold them to nil. It doesn't work. It's not – it's it's like statistically damn near impossible to do so on, on, an, on an offense that is just lighting people up. You held them to 28. Actually, 28 – holding elements to 28 points should win you a ballgame. Win you the ballgame. Period. Ole Miss also, let's not forget, tried to hand Auburn this ballgame on a couple they, of occasions. They did everything possible, and the Auburn offense just said, you know what, now nah, you can have it. Yeah, and, and we're going to get there here in a second. But, James, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you can't expect these guys to get you know two minutes rest after having to fight like dogs because, let's be honest, guys, stopping Ole Miss from moving the sticks, is it's not very feasible. There were a handful of three and outs. I'll have to look. I, I know i got the notes in front of me on how many three and outs Auburn forced. But Ole Miss is going to move the ball, forcing them into – and to turn the ball over into punting is a huge, tremendous success. It's hard to do it in three downs and then go turn around and watch your offense do the same damn thing, and you're right back where you started. I, I think it has everything to do with was, the offense. And, and at times it was hard to stop Ole Miss's offense on third and longs and second and longs yeah. uh, due to some uh, messed, up, messed up plays. But we, we <laughs> are now – happen. Yeah. Uh, when you have a Quinshawn Judkins in the backfield. And you let Jackson Dart convert after Cam Riley missed a sack. But Auburn Auburn has not played their seventh game. They have, they have only won the time of possession battle in one of those games. And that was against Georgia. And they still lost that game. But nonetheless, Auburn has yet to have led in time of possession whatsoever. And that kind of goes to the fact that this offense has just been – horrendously bad to start off this year and and if bad is an understatement uh horrendously inconsistent yeah i, you, I agree you, you cannot go even if auburn is favored in three of the next five games the last five games being uh mississippi state vanderbilt and new mexico state 
and you're not favored against Arkansas, and and that Definitely might not favored against Alabama. You're not favored against Alabama in, in the fight. Don't look at ESPN FBI if you if you think there's any hope for Auburn to win that game right now, because uh, <laughs> ESPN FBI is not very kind. Uh, but if you want to win these games, Vanderbilt is a scrappy team. They have shown that. Arkansas is just Auburn, but red. That is what I've been watching from their film. And I can go and tell you if KJ Jefferson transferred to Auburn, Auburn's offense is like decent. Maybe even in the good category, just for having a quarterback who can do what both quarterbacks do well. Can't say that yet. I can tell you why. We'll get there in a minute. Well, Kendall Bryles uh, found a way to get KJ Jefferson like on top of everybody's list, and Danny knows who got fired. Uh, did yeah. not. I do think that if Auburn got a guy who could do both things, they would fix a lot of problems. But in the Mississippi State, uh, they played football on Saturday. They did. Uh, they played a game of football. There was there was something that went on. Mm-hmm. I just this this defense has been playing way better than we expected it to, and and at times it, the, we give the defense a lot of flack for them messing up certain plays. But at what point can you look at can your defense just? be just annoyed by the fact that it's hey look we stopped it we got it we, we stopped them on third down let's go let's get off the field let's get rested up let's get ready for the next drive and then three plays later you hadn't even had time to take a drink of water yet the gatorade bottle ain't, ain't even to me yet what what are we doing yeah exactly before we get into the negatives and this is when we're really going to start harping now remind i want to remind everybody if you're hanging out on the stream Make sure you drop your comments. We're going to get to everybody. Everybody. If you have if you have something to say, we're, we're going to make sure you're heard because we appreciate all of your support. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell while you're hanging out with us. I'm going to bring on friend of the program, John Conley. He's hanging out backstage. We're going to get see if he can give anybody here any glimmer of happiness from this game. After texting with him yesterday, I feel like those chances are slim. But I'll bring him on the stage now. And Mr. John Conley, welcome to the College Loop Reaction Show. How are you, my friend? Mr. Seven and Three. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? I'm You're beating I'm, the narrative this week, huh? That's right. That's right. We're changing a whole bunch of narratives. Uh, unfortunately, not many on the uh, Auburn side of the football. But uh, for for my predictions, I broke broke the curse. Got one from a back to back weeks of six and four. I'm now in the seven and three club with everyone else. Proud of you. Yep. I, uh, I have to thank uh, Clay. Co- uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the Mario Cristobal? Yeah, Mark is about the uh, the quarterback, Kate Klubnick. Got to thank him for uh, for pulling when he shouldn't have. Um, That's right. And just having an absolute disaster of a fourth down in OT. But no, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I really am, and I'm excited to break down this game that I have a, a lot of a lot of thoughts and emotions on. Let's start with the with the the upbeat side. Um, and where where's the silver lining here? We've been talking about the defense. If you want to kind of chime in on that as well, go right ahead. We are almost capped out on time for how many nice things we can say about this game. Um, so go ahead, and you don't have to be that in, the, in depth for for your your highlights. And then we're going to get into there is an elephant in the room we've all got to address. Yeah, no, I mean this this defense I thought played one of their best games, uh, if not maybe their best game of the season. Um, Keontae Scott, uh, Scott came in and played fantastic in his first game back. I thought he played really well. Larry Nixon played really well. Eugene Asante made some good plays. Uh, a, a big part of it is, is when you're a defense, you know, you can make so many good plays, but over time, if you're just constantly having to be on the field and you're constantly, especially again, we talk about this team and how well they love to establish the run. They had to think 230 rushing yards total. Um, uh, for on the old miss side of the football, uh, yeah, 223 uh, rushing yards. 
over time, that's just going to break you down. And I thought, you know, this was really close going into it. Uh, this was really close, really all the way up until the fourth quarter. And then it kind of slipped away. It really felt like, okay, this is, this is it. We've kind of put the, the, you know, nail in the coffin here. And it was just because the defense just had to keep going on the field and keep going on the field and had to keep trying to stop uh, Quinchon Junkins and Ulysses Bennett. And it was just eventually something's got to give. You can bend so much before eventually you just, you just break. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you put a, a perfect summary on it. And uh, this, the, the gist is the defensive side of the ball has been fine. Like above, above, well, above, above fine. The offensive side is, well, now it's time to bitch. Um, hey, Tar, Tar, you want to hear what, uh, what I heard, what I can be well said or compared the season to? Do I? They said the season is very 2016. <laughs> They're so right. <laughs> like Auburn's going to finish like ugly eight and five. And go like a ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to. It... <laughs> that bill's on the table. All right, folks. It's time to grieve. It's time to gripe. It's time to bitch about everything that happened on Saturday on the other side of the football. I'm going to start here. And I'm not going to screen hog. I promise. I'm not going to you know take up all all the time here. But folks, in my opinion, what we witnessed was not Peyton Thorne problem. It was not a Robbie Ashford problem. It was not an offensive line problem. It was an entirely wide receiver problem. This one's on Hugh Freeze, and this one's not. I mean, oh, it sure as hell's on Philip Montgomery, but that's. Ultimately, Philip Montgomery's not the head coach at Auburn. Thank God. <laughs> at some point, you have to stop and look at what's going on and what the common denominator is. And I'm going to be honest. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation in a little bit. I know. I get that. It's 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 going to be a reoccurring theme all year. Like Dylan said, it's freaking 2016 all over again. But as it, I guess as it relates to the Auburn loss to Ole Miss, it doesn't have a damn thing to do with the quarterback play. It, it, it just doesn't. This offensive scheme has no identity. It is not built upon tempo, having no, no establishment of rhythm. There is no commitment to try to pass the damn football in any capacity until apparently your backs are against the wall and you want to score a garbage time touchdown when it's important that you have to make the score look prettier. That's what we saw on Saturday. Because what I saw on Saturday was a, in a circumstance where Hugh Freeze had the opportunity of quite possibly his entire coaching career to step up and say, hey, I have got a personal vendetta against the guys across the field. Damn it, we are in a position to beat them. All we got to do is stick with one, stick with a clear identity and have a true plan on the offensive side of the ball. I would like to talk to Philip Montgomery and have him convince me that there was one. Because, fellas, I really don't think there was. Committing to running the football with this running back room, I get it. It should be run to pass, and I, I understand. And I know a lot of people, a lot of people are going to, you know, pull the whole Ashford. We're going to talk about Robbie and Peyton Thorne, and damn it, nine should have played all game. I'm there. I'm there. But a lot of people are going to talk about Ashford Thorne. I, Peyton Thorne played fine. He, he did everything you asked him to do. The problem is you didn't ask him to do anything. I, 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 got, I got a lot, a lot of problems. With Hugh Freeze specifically in this one. No, it is not time to fire Hugh Freeze. That I saw some dumbasses say that on Twitter. You folks need to understand program stability. That's got to come number one. 
But it is time to fire Phil Montgomery. <laughs> it is time to fire Phil Montgomery. And Hugh Freeze needs to wear this one on the chin. Because this is an embarrassing loss for him and his offensive mastermind coaching record. All right, gentlemen. Where do we start? I think we start with quarterbacks. Just to It's going to be probably the lengthiest of, of the position groups on this offense. No, uh, no, 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 no. I already told you where we're starting. I was saying where you're going to pick this part. We're going to quarterbacks next. I promise. Oh, okay. Just coaching? I want to talk about play calling and coaching. All right. So I don't know who has it in their playbook. I know Phil Montgomery has a Peyton Thorne playbook and Hugh Freeze has the Robbie Ashford playbook. Here's the thing about an offense, an offensive coordinator and a coach. They should have one playbook, one playbook. And then you have packages within that playbook for certain players to go in. If you were going to start Robbie Ashford, I'm going to get the play calling in a second because I have a I have an awesome play call we're going to talk about for a little bit. If you're going to start Robbie Ashford, give him the starting offense. Give him Jarquez Hunter. Give him Shane Hooks. Give him Jay Fair. Give him Rolando Fairweather. Don't throw him out there with Tyler Fromm, Luke Deal, uh, which I, I, I those are great tight ends. Give him Valdo. Don't give him don't give him Coy Moore. Don't give him Javarius Johnson. Give him Shane Hooks. Give him Jay Fair. If you were going to prove to me that you don't like you don't like to play Robbie Ashford, how about you prove it on the field by giving him the players and instead of dooming him to fail with your second string offense, even though this offense already isn't good, don't give him the second string offense and try to tell me that Robbie Ashford isn't the best quarterback on the roster by doing that. And even though neither quarterback played bad, neither quarterback played bad. But you were setting both of them up to fail in the positions you were putting them in. You had the most accurate passer of the two, and just to hand the ball off, and then you and then like you said, garbage time. He's trying he's actually like throwing good balls, good plays were called, quick quick passes that tore up Ole Miss's defense in garbage time. And then you had Robbie Ashford running the same three RPO plays, which two of those were just the same play, but one was to the left, one was to the right. And once you called it one way and Robbie went the other way, but that's neither here nor there. I, Jarquez went the other way. They blocked the right way. Anyways, let's. But uh, I'm, 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 the double pass, around. the double pass needs to be talked about. <laughs> We're going to talk about the double pass in a second. I, 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 I want to give John and Daniel the opportunity to chime in on play calling here. We'll go to Mr. Conley. Daniel, you're up next. John, um, how abysmal was the offensive play calling and why? And where, where are your grievances? Be as mean as you want because I'm not holding back tonight. Whenever I, I want to look at the way the team's built and the way that a coach is built, I want to look at specifically what is the head coach's strength. You know, if, if the new, I'll, I'll, I'm going to zoom out and go to like the NFL, for instance. If the New York Jets have a really bad offensive performance, I don't put that squarely on Robert Sala because he's a defensive head coach, right? If the defense for the Niners is just abysmal, I don't put that on Kyle Shanahan because he's not the defensive coach. But when your strong suit, when you're like what you're tailored to as a head coach is the part of the team that's struggling and that isn't working, that's where problems begin to arise. And Hugh Freeze, you know, not really known for being a defensive mastermind, but he's known for being this RPO innovative, you know, offensive genius quote-unquote and we QB haven't seen it. you know qb whisper all these things and we've yet to see it we haven't seen stability uh we haven't seen any form of consistency and harrison uh you know you brought it up but i, I said it in the pregame show 
my big key for this team, find a rhythm because there hasn't been one, not all year. And part of when you have a rhythm, you stick with one guy and having one quarterback, one guy that's going to throw the football or run the football or whatever you want to do, but roll with it. I, I'm sorry. Like it drives me nuts to see, you know, Robbie coming for four plates and then Peyton and then Robbie and then Peyton. Cause guess what? That's, that's going to mess up your whole offense. That's going to mess up the two of them. There were several times where it, you know, Robbie Ashford came in off of something that Peyton Thorne did. And then Robbie's going to the sideline and is talking to Hugh Freeze about it. And you can clearly see he's frustrated. He doesn't really know what's going on. Cause part of it is, is him and his offensive line, him and his center. That's a big thing. I don't think people really talk about enough. They're not on key with one another. They're not in rhythm. They're not going anywhere. And that's where tons and tons and tons of problems arise. And so for me, like, you know, defensively, it, it's fine. If you have a bad defensive game as Hugh Freeze and as that team, like, you know, you can, I, I understand you can justify it to me because that's not your side of the ball that you should be focused on. But you're an offensive minded head coach. And the offense is the biggest struggle that we've had all season. And it's, it's absolutely just, it's mind boggling. And the things that you allow Philip Montgomery to do and just give him the green light for it and say, go for it. That's, that's falls squarely on him. Um, you, you said it, he should take it on the chin. I, I think this loss falls squarely on Hugh Freeze because uh, Ole Miss did everything they could to give you this win. Uh, penalty after penalty after penalty, just miscue after miscue. They give you everything you could have, and you just you had nothing to show for it. You got, victor, vic, you got gifted a victory and, and left it sitting under the tree. Daniel, there's a lot of people talking, and I mean a lot. Uh, it's 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 the narrative. You know this. I'm not. You're not naive. I don't have to mansplain about Auburn's just apparent lack of concern about throwing the ball on Saturday. And and guys, it's not like that's not a crazy crazy statement. Why has Auburn made no effort to maybe at this point you just need to throw to open up the run game? Where where what are we missing, Daniel? Um. Well. You, you can't, kind of like you said, you can't just stick in this little cycle of running the same six plays over and over and over again. Like we were talking about it at like three o'clock this morning uh, about how, how many times do we see Jarquez Hunter run around left end and get three yards. Like that, you can do that against UMass and Sanford, um, but you can't do that in SEC play, especially against one of the better teams you'll face this season. Um, and as far as, I don't really know. I mean, I would like to see them open up the passing game more, but if the quarterbacks, we, we aren't at practice. I'm at practice for 20 minutes out of the week, and that's on Tuesdays during unit drills. So what I see at practice is very, very not what's happening uh, at all. Um, but maybe the quarterbacks just flat out cannot handle an opened up passing playbook beyond what, they already have um and as far as opening the running game up like both all of our running backs will break off huge runs um it happened every single one's got one this year so yeah maybe they should open that, that up more if they're not going to throw the ball but you've got to do something i think my biggest question here fellas and and for those of you guys watching at home give me your give me your takes why is this such a complicated concept it is not like you are moving Auburn from a triple option offense to a spread offense. It is not like Auburn's not been a run first 
spread, still be able to implement the vertical pass traditionally. This is not new. This no, person like, for, for the returning personnel, it's not new. And damn it for Peyton, it's not new either. No, this is what Peyton's done for the last two years at Michigan State. And it, it is pretty frustrating to see that, you know, what he's done and what he's done well with just all of a sudden he comes down here and just doesn't have it. Um, and kind of another thing that, because I know this was kind of, I think, the last question that you asked John, but a change in who is making the play calls needs to come, and it needs to come now. Um, it needed I don't to come know. weeks ago. Right. I don't know if that's, you know, Freeze just needs to take over, kind of like Gus did in 2018. Um, or if – well, I feel like regardless of if they fire Phil Montgomery or not, that's what needs to happen. Phil Montgomery's but, not getting canned before the end of the season, my guys, by the way. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. But I could see Freeze taking the reins. Absolutely. Um, who is it that made the great analogy? I think it was you, Daniel, a couple weeks ago. About when you were in high school, your dad taking your keys because you broke the rules? Yep. That was you? Yep. Okay. Hugh Freeze needs to take the keys from the offense away from Phil Montgomery. Um, and does that mean you have somebody on payroll that doesn't actually do their job? It happens in corporate America all the time. It's fine. Okay? Sure, that, it happened last year. Yeah. It, it's it's not new. All right? That, that's not a foreign concept. But the keys need to be taken. I mean, if 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 you want to step up and, and try to save some face, and I saw some comments on, 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 under this show – earlier about the Hugh Freeze's support with the fan base, which can be can vary. This fan base, we know, is the, they're going to let you know how they feel. Uh, but at the same time, you got to do something. And right now, it kind of doesn't feel like we're seeing any kind of commitment to trying to win ballgames. I'm going to be honest, I mean, guys. Have you, if you listen to most of Hugh Freeze's pressers, he has already, it sounds like he's already quietly chalked up the season. He said on multiple occasions, like we don't have the guys right now uh, to win to win the games that we want to win. Uh, give me time to. And he's like, don't. He's like, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your expectations up. Don't don't hope that we're going to win a lot of games this year. I mean, you're pretty much just saying that your first season is kind of a bust when you say stuff like that. He did inherit a dumpster fire, and I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not naive to that. Nobody in this in this room. And most diehard fans that pay close attention are not naive to that. That's why I don't think anyone here is on the fire freeze narrative. That's, folks, it's going to be 2025, 2026 before I start saying we should be critical. I'm just going to be honest. You got to have program stability. But I I, I think that a lot of people understand that year one is going to be rough. Damn it, I want you to make it look like you're trying. Yeah. I want to believe that there is a definitive game plan week to week. You don't have to explain the X's and O's to me because it's not its not your responsibility to explain to me, the common fan, or even, respectfully, the media. It's not your responsibility to explain what your install was. That's It's just not. But we need to be able to see something on the field that would convince us to say at least they're trying to win the damn ball game. At least they're trying to stay competitive. Because I'll be honest with you, especially on the offensive side of the ball, it really hasn't felt that way. Let's talk about the quarterback position. Uh, let's do it. I mean, we, we got to, right? It's the elephant in the room. I saw a fantastic comment earlier. I'm going to scroll up and see if I can find it. I know you started, but Dylan, but we got a bazillion started now, which is great. This is great. We're going to come back to all of them. I promise, guys. About the whole principle that starting Robbie Ashford 
was just a crowd pleaser. And I think that that has teeth. If I'm going to be candid, I, I think there's traction to that narrative. Um, let's talk about, yeah, let's, uh, Latanya brought a great point. Him, uh, Hugh Freeze starting. Robbie was just a place crowd, nothing more. Freeze, Freeze about to lose the fans. The second part of that question, leave it started, we'll come back. Not ready to go there yet. But, I, I mean, I, Latanya brought, brought a great point here, folks. I, I think there's some, there's some, some real traction to, to that concept. Starting with Daniel. Is there a recipe where you can keep implementing both of these guys and stay competitive and staying and stay competitive in ball games? Or is it time to just say, all right, Thorne's had his chance. Let's give Ashford his chance. Or hell, let's give the ball to Gurner because apparently that was something they were interested in trying into a trick play, which was a boneheaded mistake, by the way. Yeah, throw that play away. We're coming back to that play. Is there even an answer, Daniel? Well, to kind of like go from the bottom up there, um, Garner's not ready. If Garner was able to even potentially uh, be competent and lead this offense, that avenue would have been discussed um, by now. And if if that one play that you know we're referring to is if that's going to sum up what Garner's going to do, leave me out. I don't want to see that ever again. Um, personally, Agree. I've kind of already mentally said goodbye to Garner. I think once yeah. the portal opens up, he's going to dip out. Absolutely. Um, I can't say I blame him. Uh, I just don't think he's part of the long-term plan for Auburn at this point. Um, but I don't know. I was hoping that I said this after Georgia. I said this after Ole Miss. I'm, or I said this after LSU, and I'm saying it after Ole Miss. I was really hoping that we would know more about what's going on at quarterback now. And we should with seven games under our belt, but we, we, we just don't. We don't know what's Over going on. Over your season. Yes. Um, I don't really have a definitive answer to your question. Um, I can't confidently say that, okay, it's time to just see what Robbie can do. Um, even though, like Dylan said, it can't be any worse. So if you want to try that, I mean, I, I could get on board with that. At least but you're trying on the to. other hand, um, sure. Um, Robbie's always going to have a position in the offense. He's just too athletic not to, like Freeze has said from the very beginning. So I don't want it to be all Thorn, even if Thorn's balling out, because there are just things that Robbie can do well that he can't. Like he can scramble if he needs to, and he can break off some big runs, but that's Robbie's bread and butter. And something he's very gifted at, but I don't know. Um, I know that was just a very long-winded answer to just come back to an I don't know, but that's kind of where I'm at on that. That's okay. Conley, I'm sorry that we've subjected you to your first in-depth watching season of Auburn football. Um, and that yeah, you're going to say we. I, I caught that a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm really, I really do apologize, but since you're here, <laughs> let's let's talk for a second about this quarterback position, because we know where Dylan stands. Um, that's why Dylan's going last. But what's the recipe? Because it cannot be – you cannot switch quarterbacks within the span of four downs on a routine basis. What's it got to be? You've got to just stick with one. And I think the big thing that you have to do if you're Hugh Freeze and you're Phil Montgomery is you have to just make the public statement – 
this is our starter moving forward. We're not changing unless we absolutely have to. I think that's one thing they've kind of been like, well, Thorne's going to start, but we're definitely going to incorporate Robbie. Have one guy. Uh, you know, you mentioned a lot, but the, the quote does come from John Madden. If you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none. They're playing with like one Peyton Thorne, three quarters of a Robbie Ashford, and like a quarter of a Holden Gariner. Um, and right now it's just, it's just, it's not working. And there's nothing really that you can incorporate there to fix that other than just find your guy and just stick with it. And again, I don't care if it's Peyton Thorne at this point. I don't care if it's Robbie Ashford. Uh, I, you know, as much as Hugh Freeze says, you know, or as, you know, Daniel kind of alluded to, he thinks that um, Hugh Freeze might just checked out and said that this season's a wash. And if that's the case, like, then why are we doing all of this just weird experimenting? I think you just see if you can find something and maybe, you know, salvage this season if you can. Um, I still think, you know, you can still win three, four more games on this schedule. I, I do think it's possible. Uh, I think you can get six, seven, eight wins, you know, go crazy and, and do something like that. But find a guy and just be unequivocally supportive of that guy being the starter. Just don't not even allude to, well, you can use this guy in this packages and these guys in that packages. Just have a guy that you can stick with for all four downs, for multiple drives at a time. And yes, you could throw some trickery in there. You can incorporate a different quarterback for a certain play or for here or for that. Use a wildcat and do, you know, some small things. But if it's first, second down Peyton Thorne, third down Robbie Ashford, every single drive, and then it's first down, uh, you know, Robbie Ashford, second down Peyton Thorne, third down back to Robbie Ashford, like, what are we doing? We're not, there's no consistency going on. And so to me, the two quarterback system that they want to try to run, that's dead and gone. I think you have to just find your guy, regardless of who it is. I've been adamant of like, I'm not going to stick to one specific guy. I'm just going to give you whoever I think gives you the best chance to win. But whoever it is, just be openly and unequivocally supportive of he's our starter moving forward. And if we need to make a change, well, we need to make a change. We will. But I'm I'm not doing this every three plays, another quarterback in for two plays. And it's just, it's going to drive me nuts. I, I I love that answer. I think I think you, you nailed it. And, and Dylan, I'll be honest with you. We've got a lot of comments to get to. We do. Um, and, and we're going to jump there in a second. I'm only not asking you about the which quarterback versus which quarterback because everybody and their brother knows it's Robbie Ashford for you. And that's okay. I'm, I'm not I'm not shaming. You're, I know you're the Robbie Ashford truther. What we're talking about right now is mismanagement of quarterback rotations. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, if you're looking at it, you let Robbie Ashford start and you bring up the fact that it's uh, – and Latanya brought up that it was like a crowd pleaser, which, yes, it was. And it, I'm – Pretty sure it got most of the fan base like riled up. Like, okay, cool. We are doing something different because we have been week in, week out, just tired yeah. of watching what we're what they were putting on the field. And then you throw out Peyton Thorne, and then you do another drive. Robbie Asher comes back out. Then you do Peyton Thorne, and then you do Robbie Asher for two plays, and Peyton Thorne for another. And then you do Peyton Thorne for two plays, and Robbie Asher goes in for another. Like you're not confusing defenses; you're confusing your own players. More so. Like they know what they're gonna play run no matter what. They know what formations you run. They ran the same five plays last night. They know what you're going to run. Why not just have one guy out there, whether that be Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford? Pick one guy, run with it. And if you want to do Peyton Thorne, fine. If you want to do Peyton Thorne and have like red zone Robbie still popping off, and you know, now that I since I said it, I gotta throw it up there on the thing. Red zone Robbie, throw him up there. 
if you want to do that, like you do with UMass, that's fine. At least you're setting some kind of standard up for your offense to reach. Like, okay, Peyton Thorne's going to play within the 20s, but then Robbie Asher can get you in the end zone from the 20. Why switch out? Because you're not doing anything but hurting your own team. There are other targets out there than besides your own foot. I don't understand a quarterback guru, a self-proclaimed quarterback guru, being that. He said it several times. And we're watching two guys who apparently are offensive masterminds, uh, at least from this season. Uh, I'm going to put the air quotes up. Maybe next year I can take away the air quotes. Just, just throw out guys. And I think there was one drive where it was Robbie Ash for two plays. Peyton Thorne goes in. And then it was a offsides five yards on it was like third it was like third and six then it was third and one Robbie goes back out after got just got taken out like what are you you're you're not you're also hurting the confidence of these guys like okay you don't trust me on third downs cool that what's the point of playing me if you don't trust me and then Robbie actually got gotten like told he freeze like hey I review this play I don't think that was that or what and like I I watched you freeze signal like he just completely just gave up on Robbie on a play and that was like one of the last few times I saw Robbie like play the rest of the game and it was just Robbie or it was just it was just, uh he freezes getting his playbook and just kind of swiping it towards like like get back to the bench to Robbie Asher like what are you what are you are you just losing faith in both the guys that you've spent nothing but the the entire offseason just kind of preaching about how like hopeful and proud of how they played are and how close of a quarterback battle this was uh do something to prove that you at least want to win some games. It's not like this is not like the NFL where if you win some games that you're not supposed to, it hurts your draft picks. Winning can only help. And I understand that this was actually the environment of this game actually helped a lot of recruits. I, I've read the quotes from a lot of these guys. Ryan Williams even like talked about how Auburn did a very good job trying to get to him. He's a five star 2025 Bama commit. The recruiting is gonna ha- it's gonna happen regardless. But we say it all the time: the best recruiting strategy you could possibly implement is winning, winning football games. If you I, I argue winning game, winning games that you're not supposed to helps you even more. Exactly. If you win this game, it really boosts up your stock to these recruits. And, and to me, whenever I read some of these recruits' comments, it sounds like Hugh Freeze is in there telling them like, "Hey, we suck this year. We don't have the players. So come come here next year, and then you're gonna you're gonna play." which is a good strategy to to implement saying that your team sucks if you're a bottom feeder in a conference. Auburn's a top 15 program in college football history. Auburn, it, it, the, nothing about this team screams we don't have the talent to win games like this. Agreed. Nothing. A team Agreed. that loses by seven to Georgia should be beating teams like Ole Miss. Right. I agree. I'm going to kind of close the quarterback conversation there folks and we're going to get to um mr conley's very first q a with uh with listeners of the college loop it's our favorite my favorite part of the entire week is getting to actually have those kind of conversations before we do so i'm going to just ask you guys very politely if you're hanging out here we're here with us and you've not already subscribed to the channel please 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 i'm asking nicely colin's not here because he's fasting because you guys won't get us to 700 subs i'm lying you guys are the best we really, really appreciate you guys just make sure you like subscribe ring the bell share with a friend make sure we're building the loop army as large as we possibly can we're uh, gearing up to take over the entire world so before we get into and also before we get into your questions your comments which continue to drop those in the in the chat we've got a lot to get through which is beautiful it's a great problem to have 
If you feel so inclined and you want to support the College Loop in more ways than just subscribing, you can head over to thewarport.com, www.thewarport.com. Pick up your very own College Loop Warport Podcast Network, co-branded. Feeling Loopy t-shirt comes in five different colors and ways, only $25. Mr. John Conley picked up his very own this week because he's an absolute dog. You can own one as well. Be just like John. Pick up the Feeling Loopy College Loop Warport co-branded t-shirt on thewarport.com. If you want to type in the search bar, great. If you don't, you can also just click on the link in the description. Once you purchase that t-shirt, make sure you go onto Twitter and use hashtag feeling loopy. Put, take a selfie of yourself, selfie of your dog, selfie of, I don't know, get creative. Whatever, skeleton, it's Halloween. I'm wearing the feeling loopy t-shirt, and we'll make sure we throw it up on the next stream. So thank you guys for your continued support. Let's get to y'all's questions, comments, concerns, strongly held beliefs, and demands. And all of them, I want you to all know. I want everyone to know. They're all justified. Let's get to work. Let's start strong. Prince Major. It's worse than I imagined. Hashtag free Robbie Ashford. <laughs> let's, let's, let, let's, let's start there. These first, I think, five are all quarterback related. Gentlemen, I don't think people are happy. Well, this one wasn't. I'm sorry. This was uh, Teresa saying, tired of penalties and wasted timeouts, switching QBs on third downs. Okay, this is one we hadn't talked about. I need someone to come up with a stat. It's not going to be me because I don't like torturing myself. All right, Colin. That's right. If you're, if you're listening, like you should be. To tell me how many wasted timeouts Auburn has had to use in situations where they're not forced this year. It feels like it should be a, it's probably a good amount. Uh, it's uh, the time management. Uh, of the staff has not been good. And there was a time I remember, I think it was, was it the first drive of the game or was it, it was one of Robbie's drives where a play just didn't get set up properly. And then Robbie had to call a timeout. And I don't even think the refs, were, I don't even think the refs were expecting it. Cause he had to, <laughs> he had to do the, and then look back at the ref behind him and do that. And then look at the sideline, just kind of just keep doing it until, you know, make sure someone calls it. Yeah. I was like, Hey, can someone like help timeout? It's it's rough. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to open this one up, Daniel and John, get y'all's interpretation here. James Barnett, friend of the program, says that he is tired of the double standard that Auburn uses for its players, specifically at QB. I'm going to go ahead and read into this and, and assume that this would mean patience. How much patience should Auburn fans have, Daniel or John? Y'all go ahead. You can get first, John. Um, when it when it comes to something like this, I think patience you have to see uh, you have to see it through, right? Um, I'm going to use my uh, alma mater as an example. Um, Georgia Southern is going through a complete 180 change on offense. Uh, got rid of a, a, a team that's traditionally been run the football triple option, you know, 300 plus rushing yards a game to we are scrapping that and we're throwing it every single down we can. Um, and the big thing that you have to do with it is you just have to be patient with everything, whether it comes from your offensive lineman, your quarterback, your wide receivers, your tight ends, you just, you have to be patient. And I think one of the issues is, is we do get impatient at quarterback. I think the most, because it is the most important position. I think it's sports. Uh, regardless uh, of the sport, I think it's the Agreed. most important position. Agreed. And so, you know, you have just you have to just there's going to be ups and downs, especially whenever you're going from a from one offense that you had uh with 
Carson to this. You you've just got to be patient. And it's a quarterback that they're both in their first year of this system with these two play callers. So you just have to be patient. But the thing is, is you also have to give them a shot. You know, you have to give whoever the the quarterback is for this team or the wide receivers or the tight ends, whoever it is, you just got to give them an opportunity. Uh, we had a, a six-year transfer come in last year as our quarterback, Kyle Ventrese, out of Buffalo. And there were ups and downs. There were times where it looked really, really good. And there were times where it did not look good. And people were like, let's get our other guys in. Let's do this. Let's do that. But hey, you just have to write it out because that's how you develop a standard and a culture and some stability that maybe won't translate right now. Maybe won't translate next year, but two, three years down the road, that's where you're going to see that start to unfold and start to make up and start to take form and foundation. I, I, I think you put absolutely in the, in, in the words what everybody else is thinking. It, it's patience is a virtue. It's going to ebb and flow. Daniel, we've got a lot of quarterback questions specifically about Robbie and his his opportunities that he's receiving here. And I, I want to get your get your thoughts on this. We'll open it up with what Prince Major is saying. If anyone says Robbie got a fair chance with this game, uh, they're crazy. None of his plays have been with the first-team offense. We talked about that earlier. I'm going to roll some other um, some quest, other questions and comments that people had uh, along these same lines uh, about at what point can Hugh Freeze content, no longer defend himself for not giving Ashford the, the, a fair chance when Thorne's not getting the job done, I know that this game is kind of an outlier there because both quarterbacks did what they were asked to do, which narrator wasn't much. But how does Robbie Ashford receive his his shot, if you will, in the, in this offense? Um, I guess you just got to let him play more downs than Thorne with the ones. Uh, that's the most simple answer I can come up with. Um, it looked like that might happen last night, and it just did. So, excuse me. Yeah. Maybe we'll see that against Mississippi State. And Dylan, Teresa mentioned that if you want to switch quarterbacks, do it each driver by quarter. This is to your point earlier. Robbie gets first down on two a few times, and then uh, first and two and a few times, and then get it on third, and you don't trust him. How do you how do you rekindle? And this is open to any of you guys, but I mean, Dylan, I'll let you go ahead if you want to jump in here. How do you rekindle that trust that that sense from your quarterback that he's got trust? Because there's a lot of people talking here. I mean, Teresa mentioned again how Freeze does not see that the QB rotation affects the flow of the game is baffling. How do you reconnect with those guys? Because I think there's an element of no of lack of confidence too. I mean, all all you're doing is setting your entire team up to just realize like we have a guy who doesn't understand. He, he recruited all of these transfers to come in who were all told, like, hey, we're going to do something special. And then we're told all off his long, hey, y'all, we're going to be something special this year. Why are you going to assume that so, uh, that a guy who started at quarterback last year for Auburn is just going to be okay with how you're running the team? And if you're, you're not only are you affecting Robbie by taking him out, you're affecting the team. Like, all right. So, you just throw Thorne out there, and then you take out the second, the two of the second team offense, offensive guys, and then you just kind of throw Thorne back out there, and then you're on third and six, just for Peyton Thorne to get sacked. You're you're harming the trust between the coach and the players, and this is the kind of stuff that makes uh, players not want to play for you anymore, and will transfer out year one or not. Some of these guys realize like. Hey, I don't want to be part of a rebuilding program if I'm trying to get to the NFL in a couple of years. You're all you're doing is 
uh, tearing down bridges with your players, when you were trying to set an example, start a culture, all this other stuff. If you want to play, if you want to prove to the to the fan base and prove to the players that you're willing to change up your offensive strategy to win football games, give the offense to Robbie Ashford fully, or quit putting Robbie Ashford in and just kind of uh, just admit that you either don't like playing him or you just don't have enough trust in him and you can kind of kill doubters that way. Like all your, your, the court two quarterback system, I don't think has ever truly worked in a national scenario and it's not going to work here, especially in year one. All you're doing is making the offense unfit to move the ball. When you do that stuff, Robbie can have two good plays happen in a row and then Thorne goes in and then kills it. And that's just because at some point he was like, oh, I don't think I can call any more plays for him. Well, you're only calling three plays and you're giving him the second team offense. What are you expecting to happen? That's It's like when, it's like watching A-Day. It's like, what are you expecting the, this like third team offense to do against the first team defense? Like that, That's not how, that's not how start eight, starters work versus bench warmers. If you want to prove, if Hugh Freeze wants to prove to me and to the rest of the fan base that he does not think Robbie Asher can play quarterback, maybe let him play quarterback when he has Shane Hooks, Jay Fair, Rivaldo Fairweather, Jark West Hunter, some of the starting offensive line, and it's just this comment here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Robbie had Luke Deal, Tyler Fromm, and Brandon Frazier. Like, okay, cool. Uh, what do you expect him to do with that? What do you expect him to do with that? Get three yards on a on a PA rollout, run the run the triple op, run the read option. He didn't run the RPO very very much. They gave him the read option. That was it. That was all that that was all they gave him. The read option. If you want to prove to the fan base that you don't think Robbie Ashton can play quarterback, how about you let him play quarterback? You good, it's, brother? No, it, that it game annoyed me because I I started off so happy. I was like, oh my god, Hugh Freeze admitted he was wrong and is going to let Robbie Ashford play football. And that he let him play a glorified running back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you hit the nail on the head and I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you stroke out on me though. Cause you're about to, you're about to pass out. We did get some good, uh, good research done by James Barnett, by the way, eight wasted timeouts this year, guys. Eight. Someone do, what is it? Eight over seven, so I can someone do the math. Eight, well, it's eight divided by seven, so we can see how many per game. Eight divided by seven. <laughs> That's like the premise, right? To it's one gonna, point it's something. One it's going to be like point yeah. something. Huh? It'd be like one point, like one point one four. Okay, yeah. So you're wasting one point one, one point one four. Yes. One point one four timeouts a game. That's lovely. Thank you for that, James. Thank what? you for reminding right, me. Never mind. Also, shout out James. He picked up a feeling loopy t-shirt. Boom. Be like this guy. Be like John. Right, he, said he, he said he needs to get one. <laughs> oh, I read that wrong. Yes, James. Be like James. Know that you need one. I take it back. Still love having you on the show uh, around the show, though. You're you're a dog. I read that wrong. I'm sorry, my eyes are deceiving me. Hello. Um, let's let's get back to uh let's uh let's, let's dog on Peyton Thorne a little bit more. People like doing that, so um yeah, let's do that. I uh, wish I didn't I wish we didn't have to do that. I would love it if if the scout evaluation on this team worked out a little bit better than it did. But could y'all uh, 
Prince. Could y'all imagine what would what it what it would look like last year if our defense was even half as bad? No, what it what it would look like if our defense was even half as bad as this offense this year. Auburn oh. would be how do I where did I get last year from? I have no idea. I can tell you what this would look like. Auburn would look like 2012. Um so that's that's how that would go. Um yet another season that makes me want to jump off a bridge. It should. Yeah. JBSMV said Thorne doesn't have the arm strength to be consistent in the SEC. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I just I don't I don't I don't I don't know where there, the where else to go there. I mean, John Daniel, I've been saying this for a long time now. Am I wrong? Like I just don't think there's the guy in this in this room. Like I I know we're beating a dead horse here guys and unfortunately you're stuck with him for another 5 games with whoever the hell it is. Um, there's not one. You're gonna have to go portal shopping. Am I wrong? You're not. I, I, I mean, just find the guy for your team this year. That's all you got to find the guy for you in 2023, and then worry about who your guy's gonna be in 2024. Mm-hmm. Find well, the guy. Well, it's like Spike hits three game over. Find mm-hmm. the guy. Maybe, maybe the, the guy is John Conley because James Barnett said he's spitting facts about the center and the QB being on. Uh, the same page. That's whoever the quarterback's going to get has to get reps with him. So, John, John, you were able to you watched on TV. So, I'll be honest with you, you probably have noticed more in depth than, than I have, and I haven't gone back and watched film yet. Sorry, guys, just got back from Auburn. Um, talk to me a little bit about that timing miscommunication. Is that just with Robbie? No, I mean this is something that you're going to see with with both guys, and part of it is is just simply because whenever you're even if you are Peyton Thorne and you're taking first team reps with that center. You are having to go from go, you're going from Robbie Ashford. You're getting the play call, but then we talked about it. You're wasting the timeouts, right? You're losing so much time off the play clock and your play calling ability with swapping out when you're going from Ashford back to Thorn. That when you do that, like yes, if you're an offensive lineman, you're looking for like the first few words to know oh, whether or not it's a run play, it's a pass play. If you're going to be in shotgun, kind of you know those things. So like as a center, you're only listening to those few words, but it also could be coming in. At a much different time, it could be you know crunched in because you got to get a play in. It's taking because you had to swap out your quarterback situation. You had to make substitutions substitutions that you didn't want to make, uh, or like you you wouldn't have made if you had uh, the same quarterback playing, right? And so, part of that timing issue and getting on track is yes, it primarily you're going to see it more with Robbie Ashford because he's not taking snaps with the starting center. Uh, but with Peyton Thorne, you're still going to see it in game because he's on the sideline for maybe two plays or so. He's getting used to what you're running, that tempo that you're running with Ashford, and then you're doing a complete 180 whenever Thorne comes back in. Okay. I can't wait to rewatch that on film. Thank you for pointing that, pointing that out to me, John. That's going to make me want to bang my head in the wall. Um, I'm going to skip this film session. Yeah, I know. I'm going to I'm going to watch this one for sure. Let's uh, let's jump on another narrative here, boys. Um, yeah. Oh, I'll say positive. Jay- positives. Connor Alou played good. Positives. Jane Barnett's getting a feeling loopy shirt as soon as we end the show. That's a huge positive. All right. Great that's another show. Everyone be just like James. Yeah. Show's over. Sorry about that. Thank you. Thank James. <laughs> that. Let's hop on this narrative uh, that a lot of people are on this wagon. Um, and Prince Prince mentioned this a second ago. Auburn should have started Robbie at the beginning of the year and built off what he did last year. Teresa kind of expanded on that. I think this was a little prior, but you get the premise. The fact that Robbie in last year's pitiful offense and so many more yards um, shows he can move the ball. If we have last year's yards in these games, we win unless we are fumbling in the red zone. Um, so, guys, I'm 
Are we ready to start talking about how Brian Harson had a better offense than first year Hugh Freeze? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I, well, Mike G has done the math. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to have the worst offense they've had in 25 years. I'm aware. And I've looked at the numbers too. And I, yeah, I, I get it. But Jordan's on pace to throw for less yards in le- and more games than Robbie Ashford did last but, year. But look, look, <laughs> no, look, I get it. I get it. And and there's another comment and we're going to get to here in just a second that's going to kind of play into this. Guys, guys, you had to go portal shopping for a quarterback. This is not like Robbie Ashford's not a franchise quarterback. He's not an NFL player. Like, let's 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 calm down now. And he's not even a four-year serviceable starter. Like, I personally am taking, like, let's give me an average quarterback. How about Hudson Mason over four years? Like, a game manager. Not like he's not he's not consistent enough. You know what I mean? Like, I, Dylan, just, I just offended did, Dylan, John. Did you sorry. just – you just pulled out a Georgia quarterback. Yeah, like an ultimate game manager. Your Georgia trutherism is just – I my favorite team every week other than Auburn is whoever's playing Georgia. Anyways, um, but no, like a, a consistent game. Okay, like a give me give me a give me Sean an White. Yeah, a Sean White. Yeah, a game manager just made glass. Like and can't fly. Yeah. Anyways, um, I feel like I don't know, Daniel. I'm not crazy. Like you had to go portal shop. Like it's it's not like you had the guy, right? No, you didn't. You, you didn't have the guy. I mean, you had the portal shop. Um, even if it had ended up being Ashford, just going through a quarterback battle, I feel like it's always good uh, for a quarterback, more often than not. Unless you have a guy like, you know, a Bryce Young. Excuse me. Um, That competition there in the summer, I, I feel like that's good so they don't get complacent. Yeah, agree, agree. And here's an interesting one. James Barnett said the problem with, like, the Robbie principle, right? is that fans don't think Robbie can get it done, criticize him if one play doesn't work as if no one else makes mistakes. That's a fact. I don't know that it is. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest, uh, James. I'm just, just going to have to respectfully disagree here. I'm only pulling the comment down so you can see John and Daniel's faces. Um, I don't necessarily know that that narrative has a ton of teeth. Uh, I think a I, lot of fans – now, I know, of course, you think that. No, I, I, no I got added on Twitter – as soon as, as soon as that first drive ended in like a what Robbie got a first down and the next the next set of downs it went three and out on the next and a guy went oh Robbie Efford didn't work did it like you can't blame him for for when drives don't go right I mean, the play calling Robbie doesn't call the plays Thorne doesn't call the plays <laughs> <laughs> someone else is calling the plays that. You can't people people tend to blame they a lot of people blame Robbie Ashford for last year. Yeah, that's a wild narrative. But I, I just think this whole like the fans are against Robbie narrative is wild. And let me let me tell you why. I'm gonna go on a tangent here, John. Daniel, buckle up. I'm sorry. Um when things don't go well for your favorite sports team, you find people to point blame at. And you should. Sure. I get that. The quarterback, John mentioned this a minute ago. I agree. One of, if not the most position, important position in all of sports. Um, Blindside blocker. I'd like, like a word. <laughs> right. But you, you get what I mean. You are the face of a team, whether you want to be or not. You are what people are going to define as the success of the team, whether that's just or not. 
when things aren't going well, people are going to point blame. And then people are going to start pointing fingers at each other about, oh, I know why we're wrong, why, why we're not winning games. And you don't know why we're not winning games. But I think I know more about why we don't know this. And if you're confused, that's because you should be confused. No, we're, no one's in those meetings. All right, we have, we have these conversations. We can only break down what we see on the field and the 20 minutes we get to practice and who we think is coming in and what their film looks like. There's only so much we can talk about. And this crazy-ass narrative that, that people are just not – like fans in large are not supportive of Robbie and blame him for last year. Once the cancer is gone, the cancer being Brian Harson, well, shit, we're still losing games. Who do we blame now? Like we, There's never going to be a moment where you look and say, we lost that game. Team effort. It's a team sport. And if you think you've said that about an Auburn football loss once in your life, look me dead in the eye and I'm going to call you a liar. It, it's, it's just a, it's a lie. It, it's, it's, I blame a ref's foot for the Hawks not winning an NBA championship. All right? I'll say it. I'm absurd. And so are you. Um, I will say, back to the back to the transport quarterback, I also agree that Auburn should get a transport quarterback. But I think I think Furry's waited too long. If you're going to get a transport quarterback, you don't get the bottom feeders of the you spring the spring window. Basket. You can't put you, all your eggs in one basket. You cannot. I'm about to say you can, but you can't wait until spring to start doing that. If you we had a, we had a chance at Devin Leary, we had a chance at. I'm trying to name. I'm trying to think of all the transfer portal guys around the SEC. Uh, Graham Mertz hasn't played bad, which shocks the world. Mostly me, but most of the world as well. It's the universe of shock that Graham Mertz is actually playing a competent quarterback. Like this, this, what's going on? But you wait until the spring spring training's over, and what what's spring practice? That's your quarterback battles. You were just the guys who were the guys who lose the quarterback battles are typically the ones that enter the portal in the spring. And I'll say Thorn didn't lose. Didn't I? Don't think Peyton Thorn even wasn't participating in the quarterback battle. He just kind of transferred out because I guess he realized that that was a sinking ship at at Michigan State. Yeah, he might have known something that we didn't know yet. <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't wait until spring to get your guy at quarterback. I I I, I don't think I can name a single team off the top of my head who got a quarterback late and they were like, "Oh, this guy's the dude." I mean, sure. Sure. I I mean, I don't think you're wrong um, in, in that regard. But at the same time, you still didn't have the guy on your roster. I, I Guys, 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 I know. I get it. I, I know you want to see Robbie Ashford. I know a lot of you do, and I understand. John Daniel, answer me this right now, yes or no. You start Robbie Ashford. Can you guarantee me you win the Georgia game? No, no. You start Robbie Ashford, can you guarantee me you don't lose the Cal game? Yeah. Dylan can. Can y'all? Yeah. Okay, yep. so you don't lose the Cal game. You start Robbie Ashford, guarantee me you win the AM and m game? No. No. Guarantee me you win the that you win or compete in the LSU game? Mm, definitely not. You guarantee I don't me? Know. You I don't know. I Robbie played very well. No, you don't get to say that in a blowout. Nope. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a win. I don't think it's a thirty-point loss. Okay. I did say. To be fair, I did say compete. Can you guarantee me you win yesterday? Yes. That is bullshit. No, you can't. You do something different. 
I, I think honestly, I'm gonna change my change my answer quick. I think you can I think this game is way more winnable if you play one guy at quarterback. I don't even care if it's Peyton Thorne. I think this game is way more winnable if you just play one quarterback. Uh, yeah, I yeah, sure. I, I'll get on board. Rob, with that. Robbie plays the exact offensive scheme that Hugh Freeze has been preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching about. He wants to run the RPO. Thorne, not an RPO guy. Robbie is, but here's the thing: he he even acknowledges that Robbie's an RPO quarterback. Why are we not running the RPO with Robbie? Why are we putting him in for read options? And that is a great answer, gentlemen, to Prince's question to me. I understand what I'm saying about going to get go to portal shop, portal shopping, and things of that nature. Uh, Prince uh, said, "If you're going to go out and punt the season, what's the point of getting a new quarterback whatsoever? Find someone to build your offense. That's what we kind of got gaslit." into thinking this year. Let's be real. Like gaslighting is probably the right word. Um, and I think that answers your quest- question, Francis. You want to still make it look like you're competing and you want to try to use install your system, right? Like you want to come show your system, which John has mentioned time and time again. Daniel has mentioned. Dylan has mentioned. I think everyone here has mentioned. There's been no install, by the way. It is week, going into week nine of the college football season with no install. But you had to go get someone and be like, hey, we're trying. You know what I mean? Is that wrong? Am I being crazy? Am I overreacting? No, no, you you make perfect. I'm just in shock and awe of yeah. of everything. It, it, I, if if you're gonna if you're going to self proclaim yourself as an offensive mind and a quarterback guru, how about you develop a quarterback? A, a veteran quarterback can be developed still, and you have. I know you only had a fall camp, but you've but you come out into the press conferences, and I, this is not me just saying that I want Hugh Freeze gone. That is not what I'm saying whatsoever. I want Philip Montgomery gone. I've been very vocal about me wanting. Phil I also Montgomery want gone. Hugh Freeze to take ownership. Exactly. I want him to admit that you know I've gotten some things wrong. I don't like how he comes about saying that. Yeah, we're not winning because we don't have the dudes that I want yet. That that's basically what he is saying. Okay, that goes into the next narrative. I want to ask exclusively Daniel and John about. Because it's been a lot of me and you as, as, as the past few minutes. Right. Can I, I want to exclusively ask Daniel and John about this. And I'm I'm going to do, while well, Daniel, you know, when you were speaking a minute ago, I was kind of rolling through questions. I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of pose this narrative that I didn't really realize was a narrative until today when I went on went on, went on Twitter. Um, that a lot of, I think, Auburn fans are kind of bonding over. And John, I want you and Daniel to kind of have some discourse over this. There is an interesting perspective and perception that Auburn fans seem to believe that Hugh Freeze, like Dylan just mentioned, is kind of riding the, I don't have my guys yet, so be patient with me. So therefore, in turn, there's more concentration on recruiting than there is installing game plans. Is that a reasonable narrative? Why would fans think that? And how do you defend that if that's the case as a coach? Um, I don't – yeah, I, I definitely think he is kind of doing that more than I would like to see. Because the Georgia game and really A&M, Georgia, and Ole Miss, like, you can only blame the talent gap so much. There are mistakes you made in each of those games um, that could have been fixed and could have led to something else happening. Um, I do like that it gets some recruiting. Um, It's just, which I mean, but after the last 10 years, it's just nice to see anyone recruiting. Um, I'm not ever really going to fault somebody for recruiting. Um, 
particularly if it's legal recruiting. Um, it's just it's what you got to do to win. And if he's recruiting, I have trouble. I would not tell a coach that you are spending too much time recruiting because um, that's what Brian Harson told his assistants. And, you know, yeah. Uh, what was the last well, they weren't game planning either? So, yeah, no, I don't know what they John, were doing all day. John, just kind of kind of expand on this for me here. Um, there is like an element, and Teresa, I'm not calling you out. I want you to know how much we appreciate you, but um, kind of talking about spending a little less time on the recruiting trail, um, not giving up on recruiting, but maybe back off once you have a top class because then Auburn sells, you know, you know itself better. Um, maybe she's just hopeful that it gets better. I, I've seen a lot of people, and Teresa, I'm not singling you out. There's a lot of people on Twitter right now saying that Hugh Freeze is spending too much time recruiting and kind of putting all his eggs in the it'll get better basket, kind of just preaching that because his track record does precede him. How do you defend yourself as a coach there, and how realistic or not is that narrative? See, for me, it, it's really hard if I'm going to be – like to, for me to – be Hugh Freeze and defend what he's doing of, you know, whether it's a 50, 50 split of recruiting and install, or it's a 75, 25, whatever it is. I have a hard time of defending Hugh Freeze for saying like, Oh, we're not playing well, or we're not winning games. I don't have my guys in. Cause, and again, you know, you guys use a lot of examples of Auburn. Cause this is the, that school you went to. It's the team that you either grew up watching or something like that. I, I am going to go back to, to my school. That's what I'm familiar with. We didn't have my we didn't have Clay Helton's guys last season. We, we couldn't even come close. We went from a triple option wishbone offense to a complete Mike Leach style air raid. And we went bowling. We went from I think it was three wins uh the first year that that year before to to bowling. And never once was there this this fault of, well, I mean, you know, we lost this game against UAB just because. You know, we still have my guys here, right? My offensive linemen aren't the pass-protecting guys that I want. I don't have the deep threat wide receivers uh, that I've asked, asked for. You know, I got a quarterback that's a six-year guy, but, you know, he's not the quarterback that I, I want to develop over the next couple years. Uh, I do think you have that right now on our bench. That's just a, a side note. But to me, it, it's hard to defend Hugh Freeze of saying, like, we're not performing well or at the standard that we want to perform at because we don't have the guys because I have to go out and recruit him because I've seen it firsthand what it looks like to, yes, not have the guys per se, but they're still playing at a good level. They're still playing at a high level. I understand it's a different competition. Sunbelt and the SEC, very, very different in terms of their talent levels. I'm not naive or, or stupid to that. But there's no excuse why you can't be an effective recruiter and, and make that a primary goal of your staff and your team, but also not be competitive and, and install and do these things on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it's patience as a virtue as a fan, but at the same time, you do have to be able to have a concrete, in my opinion, Dylan, uh, at least answer, at least have your your pre-drafted response about when I'm asked about this, this is how we can tell people what we're, what we're doing and how we're going about this so that we don't feel like anybody's being left in the dark. The board of trustees and the boosters don't feel like they're being left in the dark. And honestly, those are the only people who matter. Sorry, guys. It, it, those literally are his bosses, so it does not matter. Um yeah, I guess the athletic director can John Cohen can can be responsive in that regard. Um, Prince mentioned Teresa and said better recruits will make a difference if the game plan isn't better. Yes and no. Um, I do think that 
you there, there's I understand the premise of this argument. I understand the premise of you know if you're not going to actually install what we keep saying that that's the buzzword today is install right is, uh, is if you don't actually install what you're trying to implement then it doesn't matter if you have the guys or not um i've seen some really really talented teams of, of offensively with just like the talent they have execute pretty shitty game plans and win a lot of football games um and- what'd you say I was gonna say Anna, but you said win games. So I'm gonna retract what I said. I was actually gonna say Michigan. Um, yeah, <laughs> not this year. They're actually really good this year. Um, but in the past, we've seen Harbaugh-led Michigan teams kind of do that procedure. Um, I, I I think that uh, what I'm getting here, guys, is just a lot of people very very frustrated with the fact that there's not tangible results yet, and we knew that was gonna happen, and that's okay. Um, the, the the what we expected is happening. But the effort of that's getting put in put in by the coaching staff is not it's not up to par. Yeah, if we were like losing games by like I'm not gonna say ten because we lost by seven, but if I'm gonna I'm saying we lost by fourteen last night. That garbage I don't count garbage time touchdowns. It count, it's on the score sheet. It's on the graphic. But mentally, I just you were checked out once you went down fourteen. That's when I looked at that game. I was like, it's insurmountable. I. Just think if you're going to actively give hope to a fan base that just went through two years of a guy who didn't want to recruit and you want to go heavy on recruiting, that's fine. But don't come out and say uh, in press conferences after after games and just say that you don't have the guys right now. You went out and recruited these guys, most of these guys who were you're hoping can contribute. I mean, the be- the best players on this team right now aren't freeze. Recruits aren't freeze transfers. They're Harson recruits and Harson transfers. You went out and got Shane Hooks. You went out and got Valdo. You went out and got Gunnar Britton and Dylan Wade and Avery Jones. You went out and got Peyton Thorne. You went out and got um, Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers, who he had a decent game, but freeze isn't coaching him like he's coaching the other guys I mentioned. Mm. Offense, offense, you're getting production from Damari Austin. You're getting production from. Last night, Darkwest Hunter. Robbie Ashford had some moments where he can lead the offense very well, a Harson guy. And Jay Fair, like I think I mentioned Jay Fair, but Jay Fair has been having an awesome season. And that was a guy who was scouted and recruited by a walking potato. You can't come out and say that these transfers that you brought in are going to be these big time guys. And then after you've already lost four in a row because your offense is playing well, you can't say we don't have the guys right now. You brought those guys in who were supposed to be game-changing guys from last year. Statistically, we are a worse offense than we were last year, and we had a better transfer portal class. You bring in guys who you are saying are going to lead Auburn to and like win some games we're not supposed to. We're going to compete this year, and then you come out and say, "Well, we don't have the guys we want to." Yeah, y'all got to be patient. Y'all can't. Y'all can't try to rush expectations, which I completely agree with. But also, year one of a coach. Is your one in 2023 being the first year head coach is different than being the first year head coach in 2010? You have more access to utilities that you don't. You have NIL, you have the transfer portal being what it is. You can build a championship program in two to three years using those utilities. If you are going to come out and say these, you have to come up with better reasonings than than what you're saying. You can put the put the blame on yourself. You can. You can absolutely do that. You can just say the game plan isn't there. And he he did that. But also, he said the fourth week in a row. 
I heard Hugh Freeze say, we need to look at this offense and reevaluate some things. How many times can you reevaluate? Exactly. How many times can you reevaluate before you can just admit to yourself that there's nothing else to reevaluate? What are you reevaluating? Because I've seen the same crappy offense for four weeks in a row. And, uh, four weeks, five weeks in a row, and uh, we didn't get the same thing in the bye week. I just didn't hear things that I liked. <laughs> Like you can't expect that. I know it's year one. And you got to give. I, I understand patience. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna win ten games. I don't mean to predict the ten wins, but we, we were booging. Ten wins were achievable. Hold on. <laughs> we were bugging hard, and you. And, and again, that's not me saying that I need. I want Hugh Freeze fired. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. I'm just saying that if you're going to be the coach at Auburn, and if you're gonna preach about, you can't preach about one thing and then two weeks later change your mind on it. Stay true to what you want to do at Auburn. And don't use the fact that we we don't have the guys right now as a recruiting strategy. I mean, it can work for some guys, but don't use it as like your main strategy. I mean, I heard using it and win ball games and be like, hey, you can push us over the hump. Exactly. That, that that also works too. I'm trying to remember exactly which recruit said it. I think it was it was either Ryan Williams, uh, the Bama commit for 2025, or it was one of the guys who Auburn is like on the on the on the on the pivot of. And yeah, it was Ryan Williams. So in my opinion, I do think Auburn can be one of those teams that can win the SEC. They just have to get those pl- get those players to make those plays. I mean, that makes sense coming from a recruit, but where's he hearing that from? Yeah. Eh. I, I well, it's obviously something he's saying it in press conferences. Yeah. Like you take ownership to the players that you brought in that aren't working. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, Latanya Drake said uh, she added me. That's fine. They got rid of Harson, got Freeze. They're both doing the same thing. You get Caddy, and he makes miracles happen with those same guys. Make it make sense to me. Okay, I'm going to break this one down because I think this one's an interesting take. Tiny, thank you for um, giving, leaving your thoughts. I, we really appreciate you. I'm glad you're hanging out here on the College Loop, but I am going to wholeheartedly disagree. Um, the results are going to feel similar right now. They do feel similar right now. And, and if your frustration after what you saw – against LSU and Ole Miss is 100% and AM, excuse me, in Texas AM, 100% justified. I want you I want you to know that. You're 100% justified. Brian Harson did not do a fraction of the what's the word I'm looking for here? Base level work that Hugh Freeze has been able to tangibly produce. Um they are not the same person. Um Brian Harson is an actual incompetent um, head coach and and was when Auburn hired him. Um, jury out on Hugh Freeze. Now, if if we're in the same place in two years, I'm I'm going to be with you. I'm I'm going to be with you, Latanya. I want you to know that. But um, the caddy comments weird. Um, I'm going to be real. Caddy had a phenomenal uh, run as an interim head coach at Auburn uh, at the end of last year. He was the absolute correct guy at the job in a, in, in a moment where Auburn needed unity, and and no one, no one on this on God's green earth could have united this campus um and in this fan base the way that the way that Cadillac Williams did. And in Auburn football, if and when they return to the top, should look at that as a turning point of how they returned. Um and they will. He was not ready for a head coaching job. Matter of fact, I don't I don't necessarily know that Cadillac Williams seriously wanted a head coaching job. <laughs> but is he ready for an offensive coordinator job? Yeah he now that is something I want to talk about later this season. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because that's coming up. Um, I'm one I of the, mean, we're, we were all thinking it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've all, we've all been there. We've, we've all been at that point, but I don't know that making the cat, the Harson and freeze 
analogy is if nothing else, it's not good for your mental health. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, give, give it at least the, give at least to the end of 2024 before we start comparing uh, production right. of, of coaches, give, give them the same timetable. Right. And, uh, and uh, Prince also mentioned uh, Prince mentioned the only game that wasn't winnable was the LSU game. Correct. Cause the effort was flat, but could it be an AM Georgia and Ole Miss with the competent offense? hundred percent agree. Um, let's take a look here. Um, and James, James and Prince have kind of been going back and forth. I think everybody's been kind of talking about understandable losses and things that they can kind of grasp and, uh, and understand. Um, Ant Robinson said every year Auburn has a great defense. Our offense is non-existent. <laughs> and as a fan base, we see the potential, but the coaches don't. I, I mean, the second part might be right. Like we're all pretty good armchair quarterbacks. If I may say for myself, uh, if Freeze only hear me through the TV, he would he would win every game if he just heard the plays that I want him to play. He received the same text messages that I received from John Conley every game. Auburn would be undefeated. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, to that point, I mean, Daniel, I'm trying to think of years. 2013, Auburn went to the championship with a great offense and a pretty <laughs> mad defense. Same thing for 2010. AJ Rivera, friend of the program, friend of ours for several years now. Was about to hop on a flight. This is a while ago, so hopefully he's having a safe flight. Um, so he'll watch the episode tomorrow. Main question: How hot is Philip Montgomery's seat? How hot is it? Well, um, I'm going to use an analogy from my favorite book, uh, Captain Underpants and the Attack of the Talking Toilets. Can't recommend this enough. Such a great read. But um, George and Harold put a tack on uh, Mr. Krupp, also known as Captain Underpants, as a chair in his office. So I think there's a tack on Philip Montgomery's seat. I would just say it's it. There are places in hell that are cooler than his his seat. <laughs> yeah, but was uh, that as funny as what I said? It's true. It's more truthful. Probably yeah. you're gonna like this one. You're gonna like this one. I think you're gonna like this analogy. And I want I want you to find a way to spin zone it and make me believe. Nick Saban lost Louisiana Monroe his first year, and you didn't hear him say he didn't have the players. Well. Uh... <laughs> Listen, Nick Saban, uh, I think his, his track record uh, speaks for itself. I don't really think I need to go. But he's actually, he's absolutely right. I mean, there shouldn't have really have been a reason um, when you're Alabama in 2007, you shouldn't have lost to Yale Monroe. Most schools, to be quite frank, shouldn't lose to Yale Monroe. Um, uh, Auburn plays him next year, so we'll see. But uh, oh, <laughs> There's but, no way. That can't be right. We played this. It's it's a non it's it's one of their uh, three scheduled right now non cons. Oh, yeah, they're still up a spot though, I believe. Yeah, there's there's still one more. There's eleven games scheduled for next. Oh season. my! Um, but you do play the Warhawks. Uh, Southern actually played the Warhawks. Uh, yesterday. Um, uh, but I mean, no, there there's no reason. I think if there's to me not having the guys, it to me is just not a good excuse. It's just not a good enough excuse. Um regardless of of what it is and yes you might you might just you know first year you're not gonna have the guys and that's so true um and eventually when you do bring your dudes in and see what happens that's gonna be great but for me when you have the pedigree and you have the reputation and you have kind of the track record that you should have that you do have then not having the guys to me is just not a good enough excuse 100 percent. i i think that's the kind of the recurring theme i think i think the large I think Auburn fans are just sick and tired of hearing the, we don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this. And 
there's a there's a great comment that I totally just buried on accident. Oh yeah, from Cryptic. Uh, with the what says Auburn fans have been spoiled with first year success with the way the Potato Man buried this program three to four years. Um, it's going to take some time. Um, I don't think we've been spoiled with first year success. We had the Gus Malzahn year, and that was and then an much- awesome start to the Harson tenure, and it was all downhill from there. And G Chizik was year two, but he had he literally found a superhero. Or uh, sorry, <laughs> Gus Malzahn found a superhero. And told G. Chizik to give him an offer That's so right. we could win a championship. Uh, the thing is with Auburn, first year success, sure, I'm not really expecting it. I'm expecting at least eight and four. That's the, the – not at least, at most eight and four. But for a program who is the top 15 program in college football history and just athletic program who ranks that high in general – I don't think you can ever use the we're not talented enough excuse. I don't think you can. This team should rival Ole Miss in talent. Like that last night should have happened. Right now. Right now. And it should exceed. The next four opponents. the, The next four opponents, Auburn is more talented than. And I'd venture to say one of them way more talented than New Mexico State. Uh, you have the dudes to win games that you shouldn't, and we're not. We're not winning those games. So what do you do? What do the coaches? What does the coaching staff do? They come up with excuses. What and what do what do fans do? They appoint it someone to point blame because that's how it works. That's how the world works. Works in every yeah. every every situation, whether that be in sports, in my office job. I get it. I mean, we've all pointed a finger at our boss before and been like, you could have told me he's better. You know what I mean? Same concept. Yeah. So it's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's the people with the headsets. That's all you, it's who you got to point at. Right. People with the headsets. I'm going to, except, except, except the backups with the, they're calling the plays. <laughs> I'm going to speed run the last three that I got tagged in, um, unless there's another one I just missed. Um, and then I, I have no problem with you guys asking me questions. These are all really good questions. I don't want to talk to you. I'm getting defensive. I'm just going to speed run them. Um, I'm going to go back way back in the conversation James uh, Barnett said that he agreed with my statement about Q freezing and where this one square on the chin John and I've talked about this one and kind of this whole uh, whole room is kind of that's been the theme uh, for the past hour and a half is that you know this has got us this loss specifically on Saturday has got to sit squarely um on on the shoulders of of Hugh freeze um he can uh, James Barnett said you know he can solve all this by overriding his OC with obvious changes to play calling and rotations of players I think that a lot of people um as opposed to just pointing fingers at specific parts of this game, I think you can help your mental a little bit more by saying, all right, Hugh, we are expecting you to be accountable. I think that that's a good starting point um, that Auburn fans can can do so as a, then, rather than just pointing fingers. It's better for your mental health. I found it works better for me. Every play Montgomery called last night got filtered through Hugh Freeze. So Correct. Really and, and that's why every, I think everyone's in agreement. You wear that one on your chin if you're Hugh, and you have to. Uh, Teresa, this is referring to Robbie. Um, asking if Robbie could be the guy if Hugh Freeze was being the QB developer he has been in the past. I think Robbie's way too late in his developmental period. I'm just going to be transparent. He's a sophomore. Yeah, he's like a year or two younger than us. He's yeah, he's two years younger than us. Class 2020. High school class? Yeah. Wow. He's a redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore. Hmm. Yeah, still no. Doesn't change anything. Um, what about next? Especially not in one offseason. Bo Nix was a sophomore, and then he went to Oregon and got developed as a junior. Bo Nix played three seasons of football before he went to Oregon. You're just bullshitting now, dude. He was not a sophomore. You're not what? even close. 2019, 2020, 2021, 
20, okay, yeah, twenty-one. Yeah, he played right. three seasons of football. That's the same amount as Robbie, and he went to Oregon. And he had developed. Yeah, but I don't think stop stop getting defensive about your boy. I'm just saying he's not been around you long enough. You no, can't. What, what, what you said is he's too late in his. I also no, I, do, I do think he's still too late in his developmental period. Just be transparent. I do. I think you would have already seen definitive steps at practice. But hell, who knows? Maybe they're not even watching him at practice. Maybe he's just hanging out in the locker room. I don't I think the coaches are at practice. I think they're just. That's right. I'll do your thing. This is my last tag one, real quick. Um, James said. Uh, most of the Auburn content that we listen to has a good portion of listeners rooting against Robbie. I'm not saying you're wrong. I can only go by what I say. I still love you. I love you, man. Hey, look, not everyone's going to agree with me. Um, you don't all have to be right. Uh, that's all right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not I'm not a Robbie Asher hater. I really am. And John Conley and I talk about this all the time. Daniel joins in. Dylan's not on this wave. Um, because, because Dylan wants the quarterback that can help Auburn succeed the most to be Robbie Ashford. The three rest of us in here just want a quarterback to play competent football um, and the best the best player, whoever gives Auburn the best chance to win. If that's Robbie Ashford, I'm over the moon excited for him. Kid plays with a ton of talent. Um, so um, Teresa said, here people in here saying it's not too late for Thorne. Who the hell? Not me. I'm sure as hell not saying it's not too, it's not too late for, for Thorne. It, Teresa, it was too late for Thorne and Samford for me. Um, <laughs> you math on this. Yeah, shit. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting defensive, but shit, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. You, you know that song? Wasn't me. <laughs> like that. Play that right. Cue it right now, Daniel. Uh, Teresa, I'm going to come back to one of your um, one of your mentions real quick. Oh, my God. We're back on the Robbie conversation. Guys, can we not do this? Oh, my God. Um, no, we're, we're coming back to this one, Teresa. You, you, did, you did this to yourself. I can't. I just answer freaking questions, man. We're coming back to that last one for Teresa. That's going last so we can talk nicely about the seniors. Robbie has only played one real season. He hasn't been in the same offense more than one season. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to change that. You know who else didn't? You know who else hasn't been in the same offense for more than one season until he transferred to Oregon? He was under the same head coach for a couple of those. Yeah, and Robbie Ashford had potato man. Quit making an analogy about Robbie Ashford to Heisman candidate Bo Nix. Just because Auburn fumbled that bag doesn't mean you have to manifest shit, dude. Um, I, I'm not going. I'm there. just it's the, the it fits the narrative. No, it doesn't. It, no, it does. The narrative yes, doesn't. It does. Yes, it does. Okay, Bo Nix is infinitely more talented at quarterback than Robbie Ashford ever will be. How do we know that? Under what pre pre context? The fact that and that they fit the, the mold. Robbie had to leave his first school because he couldn't play. Maybe but it might be start one. Yeah, and he transferred. And he came to Auburn and then get developed. And he Why hasn't been developed. Transfer. Oh, maybe because Potato Man ran him out of he town. He developed. And now the fan base ran him out of town. I don't love this analogy. Since we're like an hour and a half in here, I'm going to nip the button. This y'all can talk about this later. Let's keep this rolling. Thank you. I feel like he's going to die on that hill for Thorn. Doesn't want to be wrong. And yeah, that's a take. You're probably right. Uh, I think there's probably something. There, there's probably some validity to that. To be completely, <laughs> there's a lot of validity to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see it on the field every single week. We can give Carson Myers a shot, see how he's doing from, from fall ball. That's you know, right. Bring him um, what changes do you think Coach Hugh Freeze will make? On the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to answer this one on behalf of all of us. From what we've been shown, not a damn thing. Um, That's where I'm at. What else did you start, Dylan? I'm not fighting people uh-huh. anymore. Um, thank you, Teresa, for having such a kind comment that we can end on. I love all of you guys so much. Really do. She added you again. <laughs> Mother freaker, dude. 
Talk about if Thor. Uh, I don't have time for this, guys. I don't want to talk about Robbie anymore. If Thor could be developed by Coach Fuse when he gets here as a senior with a COVID year, why can't Robbie as a redshirt sophomore? Oh, Teresa, I don't think Thorne has developed at all. I think Thorne stinks. Um, just being tra transparent. And then she also follows that up by saying, um, may uh, at least try. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, at least try to develop. Yeah, you should. We're ending on this. This is the last one. I'm done. I'm tired. I love all you guys so much. It's been an hour 35. I just got home right before the show and would like to eat some dinner. Um, <laughs> Teresa mentioned that the seniors really deserve to have the best year they can after all they've been through, especially the ones who are fresh recruits by Gus. They need a winning year. Oh, my God. What a freaking ride this group of seniors has been through. And I just want to throw it out there. We are wishing them the best success because holy shit, they are. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially some of the guys who were brought in and transfers in with one year of eligibility left. Yes. Uh, Shane Hooks uh, was committed to Ole Miss and then flipped his uh, transfer commitment to the Auburn Tigers and then never gets used uh, in games where he should. Uh, so huge respect to him for not – he should he should see if he can get a red shirt. I don't think he's played – I always haven't seen him in four games this year. No, he's definitely played in four games. Poor dude's already screwed himself <laughs> on that one. All right, folks. John Conley, tell everybody they can find you, love you, support you. Thank you so much for coming on the post-game show, dude. Good to see you as always. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, you can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, uh, at JohnLee49. Uh, currently, I am uh, Mr. 7-3, John Conley on there. Uh, we'll see how long that stays. But, yeah, you can find me um, on any social media platform at JohnLee49. Uh, come interact, hang out, have a good time. Yes, sir. Daniel Locke, tell everybody they can find you, love you, and support you. Almost knocked over my mic there. You can find me on X or Twitter at Daniel J. Locke right there. Right there below my name. Um, you can catch my written work at 1819 News for the Auburn Daily or for Braves Today. Um, if you want some book recommendations to see uh, pictures of my life or anything else, follow me on Instagram at Locke. There you go. I am at Harris Guitar, at By Harris Guitar, the Bird app, and on Instagram. If you guys want to come hang out on any of my socials, if you feel so inclined, certainly appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that hopped in the stream and, and gave us really, really good feedback. This was the most conversational um, post-game stream we've ever had, and I want to make them more like this every single week. I'd like for us to be able to come in and this all be unscripted. Um, and you guys, we could have done that today. Um, so thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. You guys are the absolute best um, following in all of sports, period. We have the best listeners ever, um, and you can't change my mind. Love you all, even those of us uh, who may not always butt heads, who, who we may butt heads. I want you to know how much we appreciate you because you guys are the reason we can do all this. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the College Loop so you can stay up to date with everything we have coming out. Busy, busy, busy around here. Football season's got us up to our eyeballs. Basketball also, season soon. Yeah, basketball season's right around the corner, and um, it's going to be a ride. I'm excited for that as well. Thank you guys so much for show hanging out with us. If you want to go purchase the College Loop Feeling Loopy shirt, co-branded with the War Report, that description is in the bio. You can also go just to – or excuse me, that link is in our description. My apologies. Use hashtag Feeling Loopy after you purchase your shirt and throw up that up on the bird app we'll make sure we'll put it up on the next stream you guys rock i love every single one of you guys no matter how heated i got dylan tell everybody where to find us love us and support us love you guys all you loopers are the best yep and uh james i know you said you're gonna buy yourself a feeling loopy shirt once you get it don't forget put it up on social media at hashtag feeling loopy and we'll find you and and put it up on the show and also if you didn't if you didn't do it uh it's too late but we're going to be finding the guy or per, this is the person in general who got the correct prediction but a lot of y'all picked auburn to win so uh, i don't know how i don't know if we'll have one this week uh strictly because of those reasons and those reasons alone but of course i am doing Lark at you boy tank on twitter slash x it's just right there 
at Y-A-V-O-Y, The Tank. Also got my Instagram at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-E-R-C-K. And of course, you have us right here on the College Loop where you can find us literally everywhere. Twitter slash X, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works. Uh, TikTok is kind of, uh, doesn't get utilized as much, but we're there. So why not go like some of our other other uh, older videos that we have on there? And of course, you have us right here on YouTube. We should like, comment, subscribe. We'll have an episode up on Tuesday at 8.30, uh, pre-recorded. Uh, but I still try to be in the chat whenever I can to kind of talk to y'all and kind of see what y'all agree with that we said and what y'all don't. And of course, if you're tired of seeing our faces, completely understand. Uh, look at Tar. Ugh. Yeah, I wouldn't want to look at him either when he's when he's talking about Auburn football. But you can listen to the show on Spotify, App Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and of course, everything being said, this has been the College Loop post game review for that game that happened yesterday. <laughs>